This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to be talking about one of the fundamentals of doing business, but one of the things that so many people don't do or don't do right. And so please join me in welcoming Sarah Panous to our program today. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi, Deb. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Excited to be here. Perfect. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Sarah Panous is a brand storytelling strategist, podcast host of Marketing with Empathy and owner of Kindred Speak Consulting. She's on a mission to make people's days better by creating useful and more meaningful connections between brands and consumers. How? By using the power of empathy plus data infused storytelling to improve the lives of content marketing professionals and the people their brands serve. Pulling from 20 years experience helping billion-dollar brands drive leading ROI through brand storytelling, she helps content marketers attract top funnel leads that drive bottom funnel results. Sarah works with clients by either doing the work for them through her agency services or she trains content marketers how to think like editorial directors themselves in one of her online courses. So again, Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Looking forward to digging into our topic today. Great. I love it. I love it. Well, I always like to ask my guests, how is it that you got to where you are today? How did you discover that this is your passion in life? Yeah. Well, so been doing this now a little over 20 years, as you mentioned, and it's 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 not where I am right now isn't exactly where I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. So it's fun to see where our journeys take us, isn't right. it? So <clears throat> my passion's always been in the communications field. So mm-hmm. even growing up, I loved writing stories in school. You know, I was that I, English was my favorite subject. Mm-hmm. So like that was my passion. And um, I really <clears throat> a few several years ago got to a point where after doing this for a while, I was like, you know what? I just really want to make sure that all the time I'm spending doing all the work is actually meaningful. It's valuable. It's doing great work for my clients, for my boss, whoever I'm working for at the time. But then also for me that it was filling my cup personally and it wasn't taking away like from my family because Mm -hmm. 
I had gone through this like journey over the last 20 years of just working a lot and starting to neglect my kids and my husband because I was working all the time. And um, so I've kind of gotten to this point now where everything is much more balanced and I've learned to <clears throat> say no and have better boundaries and kind of rewinding then like where it all started is, you know, I, I, I'm a small town Minnesota farm girl. I had big city dreams, um, you know, went to college, got my undergrad, and then I moved to Manhattan Yikes. and worked. Uh, yes. And then <laughs> I, I mean, I'm telling you big city dreams. Like I was that girl, like, you know, in this small community. You were Mary read- Tyler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I would like read all these fashion magazines and I was like, oh, just like the 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 lure of like this mm-hmm. other lifestyle that I just didn't know. And so I followed it. And so mm-hmm. I got my undergrad in PR and business management. And then I moved to Manhattan and I went mm-hmm. to fashion school at one mm-hmm. of the top two um, fashion schools in the country. And went there and worked and got another degree and then uh, worked for a wedding gown designer. So a Mm -hmm. high-end wedding gown designer in New Mm -hmm. York City. I was their communications manager. And it was such a great experience because I got to travel all over the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I had about 50 different um, clients, which were like the wedding retailers. It was Mm -hmm. B2B. So I was working for the designer. No bridezillas. Oh, there was definitely some (laughs) bridezillas. Um, So, but it was such a great experience because I managed all these retail accounts all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. and all over these different states. And it, I ca- actually felt like it was international business because, mm-hmm. you know, different parts of the U.S. and the clientele right. and the business and mm-hmm. people are very different mm-hmm. <laughs> and very different. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very popular show on TV called um, Yes, Say Yes to the Dress, mm-hmm. which is based on Kleinfeld Bridal out in New York. Mm-hmm. They were one of my accounts. So I would ah, go out there like every week and fun. I was like, I knew those women mm-hmm. versus like a small ta- small shop in um, outside of Nashville mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. outside of Tacoma, Washington, right. things like that. So did that. Then I moved to um, Boston and I worked at an integrated marketing agency. And as you do on the agency side, work for a lot of different clients. So I did a lot. Um, I've always been in more of like the CPG, um, direct to consumer mm-hmm. um, brands. Um, mm-hmm. So I worked with a lot of Nestle Waters, Starbucks, American Heart Association, mm. Lint Chocolate, which was amazing. Ooh, I got lots uh-huh. of free chocolate samples. Um, and so that was so much fun because it just expanded. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm doing communications. I know I love doing it. I mm-hmm. stepped into influencer marketing. And then um, moved back to Minnesota, which is where I'm from, Mm -hmm. because my husband um, had gotten into the U of M for his PhD. So Ah. we moved back to Minnesota. And it started a journey with me in corporate and um, a long journey in corporate where mm-hmm. I worked at Sleep Number for a total of 14 years wow. in total, mm-hmm. 12 years in-house, two, last two years as a consultant mm-hmm. and um, le- started their social program. So that's mm-hmm. really where I, I merged PR and mm-hmm. communications with social. Social was just starting. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole big thing. And so I was th- grateful for that opportunity mm-hmm. because it really step- put my foot in the door into digital marketing mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And we grew social from no budgets to $10 million budgets and wow. being the leading ROI mm-hmm. generator in the company. And that was a lot of fun. But then I got mm-hmm. super burnt out on social. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was, this is the enter the phase of where I really felt like I was neglecting mm-hmm. my my kids and my husband. And I was on my phone all the time for work. So I was able to have a great conversation with my then boss Mm -hmm. and um, changed my role and was able to start doing some more remote work and started a new function, content marketing strategy. So Mm -hmm. um, my whole life, I've been doing communications and uh, social and influencers and Mm -hmm. SEO. And so really where I'm at right now, it's a combo of all those things. Mm -hmm. And what I'm so passionate about the storytelling aspect is because whenever we've 
leaned into the story, like a mm-hmm. narrative, non-promotional right. story. It, it's that way to truly connect mm-hmm. heart to heart and mind to mind right. with your audience. And it's when I've seen such amazing results, like cross-functionally, internally, and mm-hmm. externally. And so I'm just so passionate about it because as a culture, mm-hmm. as people right now, we are craving connections. Right. Like there's so many stats that show how anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, and loneliness are up. Mm-hmm. And I think as brands, and I love working with brands because um, they have such a huge footprint that they mm-hmm. can help. Right. Huge budgets, huge teams, mm-hmm. huge reach. And so when you connect those two then of like how can the brand actually help mm-hmm. their audience through their products mm-hmm. and services, but in a really valuable mm-hmm. human-centered right. way. I just love that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's driven so many great results. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm really passionate about it. Right. You know, and, and I love the storytelling aspect because that's, of course, as you said, how we connect with people because mm-hmm. they're looking at it, reading it, watching it, whatever, and they go, ooh, that's me. Um, or that's my friend. I need to remember to tell them. But, you know, all yeah. these things, or it really does just tell a, a good story. For me, one of my favorite companies that that tells the story is Budweiser. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've all grown up with those Clydesdales, and you know, and, and then when you add in, and of course, that those commercials do not sell beer. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, there's aside from the logo and you know a little bit, there's nothing in it that sells beer, but we remember it and and we watch it, and you know, and and of course. You know, we've we've got the whole big thing with you know Super Bowl commercials, and that's usually where yeah. Budweiser has something that's just fabulous. And then when they brought the puppies in, and you know all of these various things, mm-hmm. it really made you go, "Oh my gosh, this!" Because these commercials are so cool, the company must be pretty cool too. Hmm, I guess I'll drink Bud today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's um. And when you go deeper, even than that, mm-hmm. like if there was, let's say Budweiser had, they had a very strong cause towards animals mm-hmm. in their right. site, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. would help those animals even deeper. And mm-hmm. then that could create like an even stronger right. narrative mm-hmm. around that or kind of the heritage of the past. Like, right. you know, you have those, mm-hmm. those old, old time things. I think mm-hmm. that's where you can start to get into. The the thing is with when, when brands do storytelling well, mm-hmm. it's what does, like I said, connect heart mm-hmm. to heart, mind to mind. So Stanford mm-hmm. had done a study and stories are 22 times more memorable mm-hmm. than facts and figures alone. Right. So what I love to do is I love to pair like these empathy filters with data mm-hmm. and that combo of the two, then mm-hmm. it's like that one, two punch. Right. And it, it helps mm-hmm. you be- better understand mm-hmm. maybe what your audience is going to be interested mm-hmm. in. And it also makes your job a lot mm-hmm. easier when you're creating content mm-hmm. because you don't have to guess as much about what to create. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you can obviously see that with the the sleep number store, right? Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Did I have it wrong? No, nope, um, sleep number, yeah. Because the story is that you are getting better rest. And mm-hmm. everybody looks at that and goes, I'm not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. But then you add in those numbers to say, you know, you it's you know, you get X more, you know, and, and I'm not talking about the sleep number, you know, as in you know how, but you know, it's it's you get you know, 28 minutes more sleep more a night. Or, sleep or, a night. Yeah. That's you know, and, and so proven you, from you their match bed. those two and you go, oh, okay. Um, I definitely should consider this. Yes. hundred percent. And sleep, you know, sleep number, really, they don't think of themselves as a mattress company. They're right. a sleep well, a health and wellness mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. and how quality sleep plays so much mm-hmm. into everything that we right. do. Right. If we mm-hmm. sleep 
poorly, we're mm-hmm. just, we all know what that feels like. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's really, and so it's everything that they're doing from like, they're collaborating with the Mayo Clinic on new mm-hmm. research to advance sleep science, right. or like they're the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL mm-hmm. and working with them on different things mm-hmm. for athletes and physical performance. Right. And but then also just with like, you know, everyday people on mm-hmm. and sharing their stories and, and what does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorites was when we were really in the thick and the start of COVID starting, mm-hmm. we were um, thinking about, I'm, I was the editor in chief of their blog for years, years and years. Um, <clears throat> and we were thinking about, you know, what we were going to be sharing mm-hmm. in some new content. And part of my listening online, I kept seeing in, in different mom groups and Facebook and different online stats mm-hmm. and things that I was seeing was I just kept hearing over and over again from all these other moms mm-hmm. that were like, they kept, it was like mom guilt on steroids mm-hmm. and moms are real. I'm a mom. Like we're mm-hmm. really good at guilting ourselves. Mm-hmm. On, oh, oh yeah. Not doing right. enough somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We drive ourselves crazy, mm-hmm. putting all this extra pressure, mm-hmm. but it was like on steroids. And so there were so many moms, oh, I should be doing this. I sh- I'm just so tired. I know I should be doing the dishes and making dinner and blah, blah. They were just like going through all these things. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was sharing that insight internally as we mm-hmm. were doing a brainstorm. And so we ended up creating this content series called um, Stop Shooting Yourself. Ah, and I know those we, shouldas. We, you know, we just really not should not shoulda ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, and it was beautiful because we actually interviewed um, real moms and we were sharing their stories and their mm-hmm. experiences. And you just, as a mom, it was just it just hit your heart, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, that's me. I do that. Right. And so we got such great responses mm-hmm. from that written article mm-hmm. series on the blog because it just tapped into that human emotion and what people were feeling. That right. segment of our audience mm-hmm. was feeling at that time. I love it. You know, and, and you just mentioned something that is absolutely critical to have the stories work, and that's doing your research. Um, you know, and 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 it it's it's some people think, well, you know, it's a waste of time, you know, to be on Facebook, to be on, you know, some of the the, the groups, whatever your target mm-hmm. audience is, things like that. But when you know what their pain is. Or what their pleasure is too. You know, let's be honest. You know, from mm-hmm. from a market, we're always told as marketers, you know, solve their pain. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it's give them pleasure too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so when you're in touch with that, and you and you as a mom could speak that language. I mean, that's that's the other thing is, you know, if it had been you know that the 58 year old man in his suit trying to write it, maybe maybe not. Um, but but it is about researching it and really knowing what the consumers want. 100%. Um, So this is why with my corporate clients on my agency work that I do, one Mm -hmm. of the foundations that I work on is something called the Fed method, Mm -hmm. um, which is focus plus empathy plus data. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to walk through? Yes, most definitely. Mm -hmm. So kind of how I look at it and and whether you are in charge of content for your company as a listener right now, or if Mm -hmm. someone else is in your team, but like stories and content, obviously Mm -hmm. you have to get your message out about your brand. And we know stories are very, they have sticking power. They're like mm-hmm. glue. So, um, but the challenge is, is a lot of times you just don't know what you should create mm-hmm. first, or maybe it's kind of all over the place and you feel like you're throwing spaghetti at the mm-hmm. wall. So, um, or you feel like you have a lot of, in my experience, in my career, it's like a lot of people are coming at you in these big organizations right. with ideas. Oh like yeah. They're all, an they idea. all, and they all know better than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And so <laughs> you need to give yourself some sanity so you're not overwhelmed in any of these scenarios. And so the Fed method helps you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
focus is the first F. Mm -hmm. Um, What I think about with Fed is like, just like as human beings, we need three things to survive. We need sleep, Mm -hmm. exercise, and um, nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And so Fed is focus, empathy, and data. Those are the three Mm -hmm. things your content strategy needs to survive. Mm -hmm. So focus, what I recommend doing is identifying three brand storytelling pillars. Mm -hmm. These are those overarching umbrellas of topics that you're going to be talking about all Mm -hmm. year long. Um, these are going to be informed by the data and the empathy that we go through later too. But essentially you want to think of three storytelling pillars. And I always tell people, pretend that you're a magazine, like mm-hmm. you, your brand's a magazine, you're a magazine, and you're talking to someone else and you're like, yeah, we're X magazine and we talk about A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to get to with your storytelling, because then once you have those focus topics and you've defined them with a couple sentences about mm-hmm. what types of content's going to be under each Suddenly you have a really nice blueprint Mm -hmm. that gives you focus. And if anybody comes to you with an idea or you even start thinking Mm -hmm. of ideas, if it doesn't ladder into one of those three Mm -hmm. pillars, it's not right. Or Mm -hmm. you need to just tweak the idea until it is right. Mm -hmm. So um, my recommendation too is make sure that if you can, make sure that the third pillar is a little bit of a wild card. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that and why I say that is you that's what makes you you or your brand your brand mm-hmm. your company because we have a lot everyone has competition there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that do the same right. things as there's no else. unique ideas anymore sorry no. folks <laughs> no and so you know people buy from people or brands and things they like know and trust right mm-hmm. so the wild card is like kind of your differentiator so mm-hmm. like for me as an example in my personal brand with my kindred speak company um you know my first two are more on point of like what I do umbrellas it's content marketing mm-hmm. and creativity. So mm-hmm. those are my first two. And then my wild card is child trafficking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed that on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I donate a portion of all of my pr- profits to mm-hmm. this great nonprofit called International mm-hmm. Justice Mission to fund child trafficking rescue missions. It's a cause that's like the number one cause that I focus on and that mm-hmm. I contribute to because I, as a mom, I just can't believe these atrocities happen you know, to mm-hmm. kids and families mm-hmm. around the world. So that's like something I talk about within my Mm -hmm. content mix. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not the primary thing I'm talking about, but it is like all Mm -hmm. part of my content Mm -hmm. mix. And that's something that makes me different, you Mm -hmm. know? And so some, if someone resonates with that, they may be more likely to want to like hear Mm -hmm. me versus someone else. Right. Right. Every company has their own little something different. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a great example of that. They're running their ads uh, talking about how much they donate to national parks and how much they donate to rescue yeah. organizations. Yes. Yes. And your wild card doesn't always have to be a charitable thing. Right. It could be something mm-hmm. different. Like with Sleep Number, you know, when we were developing theirs, you know, the differentiator was sleep science. So mm-hmm. in a world of mattresses, no one's really talking about the science aspect, right. but all mm-hmm. of their beds are smart beds with technology and they're doing all these research projects with mm-hmm. Mayo and all the places. Mm-hmm. So that's something different for them that they can back up with their with their research and analysis through their products mm-hmm. too. So that's what you want to think. So that's focus. Mm-hmm. So you're going to think of what are my three storytelling pillars and mm-hmm. define them. <clears throat> okay. Then you get to empathy. So I've just coined this phrase called empathy filters. Mm-hmm. And my tip is any piece of content you make, ask yourself, what's the empathy filter? Mm-hmm. Um, so empathy really, I'm talking about like cognitive empathy, which mm-hmm. is trying to um, understand what someone else is feeling or Mm -hmm. thinking. You're not being a mind reader. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. not asking that. Um, But empathy filters can help you, again, feel like that feeling or what someone might be thinking. Mm -hmm. And so there's four different types of empathy filters that I've seen most commonly. So um, I'll walk you guys through them. Mm -hmm. The first is data. 
informed mm-hmm. empathy filters. And mm-hmm. this is like, just like it sounds data. So you have stats on your audience and let's mm-hmm. say, you know, that 46% of them are um, parents with high school aged kids that mm-hmm. live at home. So you're starting to get some insights. You're right. You have an yeah. empathy of like, okay, parents. You're not talking to them about Tahiti vacations. 100%. Yes. But then you get into like SEO informed empathy filter and you can get a little bit deeper with search engine optimization and what people are typing mm-hmm. into Google, one of my favorite places to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and those insights might show you, hey, there's a large volume of people who are searching for um, advice on how to communicate to their teenager. Ah, mm-hmm. Right. So now you're getting, oh, OK, they mm-hmm. need help communicating. And mm-hmm. there's some some blocks there that mm-hmm. we could help with. Then there's um, human-informed SEO, and mm-hmm. these are uh, human-informed empathy filters, mm-hmm. pardon me. And these are like those shared um, feelings that mm-hmm. we can relate to with each mm-hmm. other. So like one of my favorites is that I always seem to pick the longest checkout line in the grocery store. I it know. literally just happened uh-huh. to me yesterday. Mm-hmm. I thought I was in the shortest one, and then mm-hmm. suddenly- Yeah, the people lines. ahead of you, nobody had price tags. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like- what happened? I really thought I picked the right one this time. That's a shared like mm-hmm. moment, you know, mm-hmm. like people can relate to or the never ending pile of laundry is like mm-hmm. my other the mom one. Guilt. Mm-hmm. Mom guilt mm-hmm. is another huge one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Spotify, um, which is a brand that I just think does storytelling so mm-hmm. well. So Spotify did a great example with this where they had um, insights on how people, when they hear a really great song and they're in their car, mm-hmm. they wait to get out of the car until that's right. Finishes. You have to wait till it finishes. Anyway, God, I such good. And so they did this hilarious. Various um, content series around funny moments where people really should get out of their car, but they're not because this great song is on and they're rocking mm-hmm. out to it. So that's that's human informed mm-hmm. empathy, and then you have nostalgia informed mm-hmm. empathy. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is super super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like these key life moments that people mm-hmm. go through. So COVID's one, mm-hmm. although a lot of us have had different experiences, there's going to mm-hmm. be very shared similarities, right. like mm-hmm. ex- being fearful, you're going to run out of toilet paper mm-hmm. and just the yeah. fear of like, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the things we've gone through mm-hmm. with COVID. And, um, so these are those experiences. So it's also growing up in the same decade, mm-hmm. you know, having the same car- favorite cartoon growing up mm-hmm. or, favorite band or things like that. So mm-hmm. those are some great examples you can think through with your mm-hmm. audience to understand maybe what how what do they think about mm-hmm. these kind of certain areas mm-hmm. that will help give you greater insights. Mm-hmm. So that's E, that's empathy filters. Mm-hmm. And then we go into D, which is data. Mm-hmm. So data can feel really overwhelming, especially mm-hmm. if you're like you're a one-person show who right. feels like you're mm-hmm. trying to do everything. So I'll walk through some examples and by no means do you have to feel like you have to do all of these things. Um, pick a few. Um, mm-hmm. to start, or if you have a big team, do them all. <laughs> so mm-hmm. really there's kind of, it's, it's scalable, but while e- empathy by itself is great, but if you don't really have the data to always back up everything, mm-hmm. it could be super subjective or skewed on mm-hmm. just where you happen to be looking. Right. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little off. You might not get the full picture. So right. that's why I like pairing both. Mm-hmm. So with data, you're just going to do, um, I say, put your content investigator hat on mm-hmm. And look a bunch of different places. Look at least three different places. Because mm-hmm. again, you don't want skewed information mm-hmm. with just one source. Mm-hmm. You're looking as you're going through all of this. You're looking for, I look for things that jump out at me. So mm-hmm. when I do this for clients, I'm looking at where's the overlap? Where am mm-hmm. I continually seeing like mm-hmm. similar things in different places? Because mm-hmm. then if you keep seeing it, then ding, ding, ding. That's like right. something your brand mm-hmm. should talk about. So um, lots of data. So one of my favorite places, like I mentioned already, was SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, SEO is just great because people are just typing in. It's mm-hmm. so unfiltered and it's mm-hmm. just pure and you can get a lot of great insights. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a lot of really great free SEO tools you can mm-hmm. go look at, as well as then talking with like your paid um, SEO mm-hmm. like experts internally right. or if you have an agency mm-hmm. that you work with. So I like to look at uh, answerthepublic.com. That's one of my favorite SEO free site to look at for Mm -hmm. um, terms. You're going to have your focus pillars, remember, and Mm -hmm. then you can kind of search for different things under Mm -hmm. that to give you some insights on what people Mm -hmm. are searching for. Mm -hmm. Um, So answerthepublic.com is great. Keywordtool.io is another one. Mm -hmm. Um, The social channels themselves can give you great insights like Pinterest, um, TikTok. Like when you start typing things in, you're starting to see like a suggestion. Right. Yeah. Because it suggests the things that other people are looking for. Yes. hundred percent. Google is great too. Like literally just Google. Cause when you're typing like a search in Mm -hmm. Google, it will suggest to you right below, like things Mm -hmm. similar to what you're typing. Mm -hmm. That's Google telling you, Hey, there's a, this is a pop. These are popular searches. Mm -hmm. So you can get insights from that. There are like variations on maybe what you were Mm -hmm. looking for. And then also like when you hit enter and you're on that first page one of Google mm-hmm. results, scroll to the very bottom and there's a section called related searches. Right. It's got that all the little also, blocks. Mm-hmm. Yes, little blocks. And so that'll give you other ideas maybe of how to word something or what right. to maybe talk about mm-hmm. that you haven't been thinking about. So mm-hmm. those are all really great free places. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to SEO, um, obviously any exi- existing consumer insights that you have mm-hmm. are valuable and important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a customer loyalty program, I love, love, love those. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have insights on that group, you can ask them polls, right. different mm-hmm. questions, ask for people to like raise mm-hmm. their hand for interviews, um, to include in your content mm-hmm. or just to kind of gut check topics, this one or that mm-hmm. one. Um, because those are people who've already signed up to work and engage right. with your mm-hmm. brand in some way. So you want more of those people. Mm-hmm. So tap into that group for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, your paid media results. So obviously what from a paid ad perspective, what's mm-hmm. working, what's not. You get mm-hmm. great insights there of how to replicate in storytelling mm-hmm. further. Um, your employees and feedback they can give you. Website traffic analytics. Mm-hmm. There's even like, you know, paid third-party sites that mm-hmm. you can tap into and buy information mm-hmm. from right. or just that publish findings every mm-hmm. year that you can read and, mm-hmm. and digest if you don't have a, a lot of budget to buy these insights. Um, so agency partners you're working with, I mean, there's so many different places. So my my, my Marco here is, again, find at least three of these mm-hmm. and, and look through them. Um, in addition to like social listening, which mm-hmm. I, we mentioned before, of course, but there's just a lot of free um, mm-hmm. information and insights right. available. You just have to round it up. Mm-hmm. And then I physically print it out usually. Um, and I like lay it all out on a big mm-hmm. table and I'm highlighting and I'm circling and I'm looking for those crossovers. Mm-hmm. And again, then suddenly you don't, it, I love it because I, it gives you so much confidence in what you're right. cr- going to create. Mm-hmm. And if you right. have to pitch an idea to somebody, it gives you so much more confidence mm-hmm. that like, this is a really great idea mm-hmm. because it's serving, it's something our audience right. is interested in that mm-hmm. makes sense for us to talk mm-hmm. about. Right. You know, and, and what I love about this is that you are looking for outside information, you know, because so many times we assume we know what people are thinking and buying and doing and, and all of those things. Sometimes we're right, but many times we're wrong or we're wrong as to maybe why they are doing it, you know, and, okay. and so we should never depend just on our own anecdotal guesses. Um, because mm-hmm. yeah, we might be right. And and I think when we're right, it's an accident. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> look, I did that. Um, but but yeah, when you look at that outside data, it takes your bias off because we all think we've got the greatest product, the greatest service in the world. 
But if nobody's going to pay money for it, then it's not going to matter, you know? And, and so you have to figure out all of those other things that are in there besides just, Hey, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, a, a great example of that is like when I was with, was working with sleep number on a project, we obviously the bed's amazing. It helps you sleep really well. We knew that, but then online you see so many questions about sleep and people are mm-hmm. really confused and how right. much should I do this and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So we ended up taking all those insights and we created, what if we focus on the daytime when you're awake mm-hmm. and like the habits that you're doing that may be sabotaging your sleep at night and you don't even mm-hmm. know it. Mm-hmm. So we created this free sleep wellness program called sleep 30. It's at ah. sleep30.com mm-hmm. and it's a 30 day program. It's free. Mm-hmm. We rounded up all the best sleep tips mm-hmm. and we tested them out and then mm-hmm. we ultimately put mm-hmm. them into this program mm-hmm. and it was it was such a great way you don't have mm-hmm. to own a sleep number bed to do it it can mm-hmm. be anybody right and so that was a great way to kind of tap into what we were hearing to be able to say mm-hmm. well we sleep number you know is like the sleep mm-hmm. expert and we have all this expertise how do we help people sleep mm-hmm. better right. with or without our bed and mm-hmm. it's a great way to for existing customers but then also then to attract new people mm-hmm. into the brand right. yeah because it could be just something as simple as don't eat right before you go to sleep yeah. You know, and what time you work exercise. out. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent stress mm-hmm. management. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many things that outside of having a great comfortable bed could mm-hmm. still keep you up at night right. and could just sabotage it and mm-hmm. you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, and that is something, you know, if we hadn't really thought about it through that lens, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have talked about it. We would have focused on the well, nighttime aspect in your bed. And, and of course your salespeople like are, and I put that in my little air quotes, right? Um, they're saying, how does that doesn't help us sell anything because you know it's it's it, but it does you know that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is it really does help because you set yourself up as the expert the trusted expert you know because you weren't trying to sell them a, a bed by saying hey you know have you thought about not exercising you mm-hmm. know ex, you know all of those things and you know and and because we want to you you mentioned it we buy from people we know like and trust mm-hmm. and trust means they've given us good information yeah you know and and so yeah those those tips are are phenomenal whether you buy from us or not Yes. And that's the power of storytelling, Deb. And that's why I get so passionate about it because it's really easy to ask somebody to engage or share with a piece of really mm-hmm. valuable content. Right. <laughs> it's hard mm-hmm. to hit them over the head every day with the promotion mm-hmm. and the sale and refer this or buy that. Yeah. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. But like people, if you get value, heck yeah, they're going to want to keep right. opening your emails. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're going to want to subscribe mm-hmm. to your blog. Yeah. They're going to want right. to, you know, engage with mm-hmm. you on social and share your videos. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's, it's part of that loyalty and advocacy. Mm-hmm and that trust over time. Right. And it's just a lot easier way mm-hmm. right. to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause that old word of mouth is, is the, you know, the best advertising thing out yeah. there. You know, I can see an ad for a product 20 times and go, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when a friend and, uh, and you know, with the capital F somebody on Facebook who I may or may not really know when they say, Oh, Hey, this is great. I'm like, okay, must do it. <laughs> I might not know them from Adam. But because mm-hmm. I knew them on Facebook, that immediately moves them up in that mm-hmm. that pillar of trust. Yeah. And it's such a cool way to engage people in your content too. Just kind of take that a step further is how do you think about your audience? And my big thing when you're humanizing brand is so now we have focus, we have empathy filters, mm-hmm. we have data. It's giving you these insights. But then when you actually go to create the content, mm-hmm. um, include real people, include mm-hmm quotes from real people, right. include real experiences, um, something that will relate to that scenario to a point you said earlier, Deb, mm-hmm. which was you want to help your 
your audience see themselves in the mm-hmm. story or if they can't see themselves in a st- in the story because the topic mm-hmm. just isn't something they've experienced, mm-hmm. they could at least like empathize and relate right. to it. Mm-hmm. So a great example, because I always used to say you got to see yourself in the story, but there's just so many situations mm-hmm. like um, I was listening to this really powerful black woman talk about these awful mm-hmm. experiences on racism that she had went through. Right. I couldn't relate to that as no. a white female mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. but I had tons of empathy for like mm-hmm. her and what she right. felt like just being discriminated against or feeling less than mm-hmm. that was the, what I connected with was like, I've had moments where I've felt less mm-hmm. than where someone made me feel less right. than it wasn't tied to racism, but like I could relate to that. Mm-hmm. And like, so I think that's the thing you're just looking for some kind of like that thread mm-hmm. that people, can relate to in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and so once you've got this data, then it's kind of like, what the heck do we do with it? Um, you know, and, and I mentioned before, you know, the editorial calendar. Now I'm a PR yeah. person too. So I know what an editorial calendar is, but explain that to us and then talk about how you take you know, the, the information you got from the, the fed method into actually being able to work with, with uh, your content. Yeah. So then um, once you have the Fed method, I'll outline what I would say is within your organization, make sure you're getting buy-off on it um, and alignment because then everyone's aligned to the blueprint. And yeah, there's this no person pushback. or this department, this department, this department, they're yep. all saying the same thing, whether it's yeah. sales, marketing, website. Yeah, whoever room. you're like, and whoever your like main content partners are too. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of other teams or places right. that are using content or are going to mm-hmm. expect content from you, mm-hmm. um, make sure they're all aligned. Like these are our editorial mm-hmm. pillars. Like right. these are the things storytelling wise mm-hmm. we're going to be focused on, and this is what the insights show because mm-hmm. that'll that'll go a long way. Because then mm-hmm. if someone ever pushes back, then later you can say, "Remember, this was mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. is our mm-hmm. these were our focus areas for the year." And our CEO said, "You will do this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that it's it that gives you so much empowerment to be able to push back and say no on those situations. Mm-hmm. So once you have all of that and you have mm-hmm. the alignment, then 100% you want to create a shared editorial calendar mm-hmm. so that others within your organization can also see it and mm-hmm. plan against it and be right. aligned and feed mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so literally you'll create a calendar. Um, there's so many different formats. There's paid, lots of really great paid tools mm-hmm. you can use. It can be something as simple, just creating a Google Doc to get mm-hmm. started that's right. shared. Um the biggest thing is just getting it down and sharing it mm-hmm. so that that information is there and it's not mm-hmm. just living in a silo because if nobody else knows that you're creating mm-hmm. the content and that it exists, it will not get shared. Right. You will not get credit for it. Mm-hmm. There will not be like hurrah accolades of this is amazing and there just won't be the great mm-hmm. results, which let ends up that like that's how people their budgets don't grow mm-hmm. and their teams don't grow right. because they're not merchandise they're not doing right. internal they don't PR see the value for themselves. In them. they don't mm-hmm. see the value they're like oh I don't know she's doing something mm-hmm. over there I'm not really sure what it is mm-hmm. um so you create this calendar and then literally what I like to do then is from those pillars and those mm-hmm. insights from the fed method is then I start to map out editorially like mm-hmm. themes for each right. month Mm-hmm. You can have themes for every couple of months, every mm-hmm. quarter, if you feel like you have enough content to mm-hmm. last that long, too. I mean, there's no hard right. rule here. Mm-hmm. I just find that monthly kind of gives a nice cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I do then is I kind of mm-hmm. identify monthly themes with descriptions mm-hmm. backed up by the empathy filter mm-hmm. and the data points that make sense. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is why this should be like our focus for this month. Mm-hmm. And then that really kind of outlines in the whole year. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is those themes and things are going to be what's new and pulsing into your calendar throughout the month, mm-hmm. each month throughout the year. And then there's always going to be some evergreen stuff that doesn't right. fit. 
Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like totally mm-hmm. fine. There's going to be like some evergreen stuff that a company maybe has going on that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's fine. It's not saying you're going to say, no, mm-hmm. I can't talk about anything else, but it helps you map that out. Mm-hmm. So that's like tactically how mm-hmm. I, how I start doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, those monthly editorial themes and why get alignment from your key decision makers mm-hmm. and content allies and partners there too. Mm-hmm. So again, and you're because you're asking them too for feedback. Mm-hmm. What are your business objectives? What's right. important to you? And as you kind of think about this all mm-hmm. strategically, you're creating great storytelling content mm-hmm. that your audience is going to care about, but then mm-hmm. also that your channels all need. Right. So that's the win-win because then mm-hmm. everyone's going to be excited and they're going to want more mm-hmm. of it and they're going to scale it and it's going to get better results. Mm-hmm. And then right. you get, you know, like I said, it's just yeah, like so a nice get the growth. Pats on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. You know, and it, it makes it easier when we know here's what we're doing for this month. Here's what we're doing for this month. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can even be thinking, okay, so in December, we're going to do such and such. So, I mean, I think about something like that now, but you know, a great example might be, you know, mattresses. Yeah. So in August, you're going to talk about how everybody's sleep schedule gets screwed up because we were on summer vacation and now totally. we're on school. And so how do you, you know, how do you get your kids and yourself back into that schedule? Um, yes. You know, and, and as you said, you know, sometimes you have to do current events. So, you know, all of a sudden COVID, um, mm-hmm. you know, so how do you deal with that where you've got, you know, you have two kids, you've got your husband, you've got, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that are now home. How do you deal with all of that? Um, yes. You know, and, and what tips can you provide? And and um, you know, it's it's it like I said, it's it's just an easy way, you know, to focus what it is that you're thinking about for the month, as opposed to or quarter, you know, whatever, as mm-hmm. opposed to oh my god, what are we going to write about today? Yes, hundred percent. And with December coming up, I you know the tip I would say is December is a great time for year in review. Mm-hmm. That's like a great like overarching right. theme for mm-hmm. the month because then what you can do mm-hmm. repurpose all mm-hmm. your top performing content right. from the year mm-hmm. to like share it again and package it up in different mm-hmm. ways. It could be like the top ten X stories of mm-hmm. blank or these influencer partners said mm-hmm. this in like a new mashup. Mm-hmm. Like you just, it's a great way to repurpose mm-hmm. existing content without right. having to like think of everything again mm-hmm. from scratch. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing, like we know this, but I think we have to remind ourselves this and other people probably in our mm-hmm. companies is that just because you shared it once doesn't mean somebody's seeing it. Right. You need to share this stuff mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. in different places in different ways and iterations. Right. I love repurposing mm-hmm. content for that reason mm-hmm. in, and just packaging it up in different right. ways for different channels. Well, and let's be honest, people aren't going to remember that they already saw it, especially if it's something that say you're doing on an annual basis, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sleep tips for going back to school. Yeah. They're not going to remember that they saw it last August or they might, or they might think, wait a minute, there were some good tips in there. Maybe I better read this again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so the, the important thing is that we're not reinventing the wheel over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, and that's actually, helpful too. Like if you listeners have a blog, if your mm-hmm. brand company has a blog, mm-hmm. blogs are so great for that SEO staying power right. too, because they just live on and on and on and they can mm-hmm. continue to rank and drive mm-hmm. traffic to your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's, so I always love to write blog content. So it's mm-hmm. written in an evergreen way, mm-hmm. meaning if it's daylight savings time mm-hmm. one year, I don't, I'm not going to put the year. Right. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. write an article mm-hmm. that's like broad that mm-hmm. you can keep going to year mm-hmm. after year. So be thinking about that with your content mm-hmm. too, because it's actually every once in a while, there's like some big mm-hmm. thing that's very 
seasonal and that and that mm-hmm. um, it's very like specific to like mm-hmm. that year that month that day right. kind of a thing that you want to remember mm-hmm. but otherwise try to think of the blog like written mm-hmm. content as evergreen right. because to your point then you mm-hmm. can keep using it and mm-hmm. you can keep getting that um, google juice out of it mm-hmm. to keep tra- attracting people right. to your site well and this podcast is another great example of that you know we i always tell my guests or try to um that it's it is evergreen you know so don't mm-hmm. say hey tomorrow we're going to have this special because yes. people are going to be listening, you know, far in the future. And, you know, I look at my data, I look at my stats and still one of the most popular programs. And this was done. Oh my gosh, maybe five years ago, if not more online bullying. And it, it really is, you know, with, with, you know, it, it still is in the top five of programs that are listened to. So somewhere it got some real good Google juice out there. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it is content that really can be heard, listened to, read, whatever, over and over again. It's kind of like your favorite book, right? Yes. You know, every year you reread it or all those various things because each time you get a little something different out of it. Yeah. Or you or you remember at least like to go back to it and check out your notes. Or, right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This brand or this person mm-hmm. had talked about something with this. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they have to say on this topic right. or can I find that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I love that. You know, and it's... It, that I, I love and I love it when, you know, stories carry over. I mean, we we're talking about Budweiser, you know, how that's mm-hmm. that's I mean, I don't even know when the Clydesdales were first used. I was a pretty little kid. long time ago. Yeah, I know. You know, and, and so it's been they've been around for quite a long time. And, you know, I remember another one that that worked and this might be before your time. Mm-hmm. So um, it was I think I can't believe it's not butter. I know oh, yeah. it was definitely a butter one. And all you saw were hands. And the tub of butter, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're spreading, you know, on their toast or whatever. And it started off. And I mean, this was a multi-year campaign mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and it started off, it was, you know, a male hand and a female hand. And they like each reached for the butter at the same time. And oh, he, he, tee, he. And it was clear that they were on, say, <laughs> a first date, okay. you know, and then it went through the years and through the years. And if I remember right, the last one in the series a, a child's hand came in mm-hmm. and, and so they had, you know, and, and I mean, and, and it was funny because like one of the, you know, somewhere along in there, the hand that reached for it had the engagement ring, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you had all these, but it really was, you know, it, it was the same voices, but uh, you know, the hands who knew who, you know, those yeah. were just hand models. And, and so, you know, who knew, but, but yeah. And, and so it was obviously from a, a perspective of production, it would have been pretty inexpensive to produce. Totally. Um, because, you know, you really did just have these hands and the tub of butter and, you know, maybe a piece of toast. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I I actually remember wanting to know what came next. This is a commercial about butter. butter. <laughs> not, not butter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and so it really was, I just thought that was a very good example of storytelling that really sucked people in and, and totally. got you interested in it. Well, it reminds me of, I think it was Extra Gum mm-hmm. has done a really nice job with storytelling because mm-hmm. it's gum. I mean, right. right? Like how yeah. much is, less is sexy Is that the one where they're product. writing on the wrappers? Yeah, where they mm-hmm. wrote on the wrapper and like the teenagers and like the right. first date or mm-hmm. like the courage to like go up and like mm-hmm. pop in the gum and like mm-hmm. write on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. But that was really well done. But they also did... um 
like an experiential thing too, where they had rented out a, might get a little bit of this wrong, but they had rented out some type of a museum Mm -hmm. and they had enlisted all these twins, identical Ah. twins. Mm -hmm. And they had twins um, and then they invited people to come in. And so they had it set up as like this art exhibit of these twins Mm -hmm. were side by side. One was chewing gum and one wasn't. And like you would go around and then they would ask the people as they were leaving um, or probably throughout the process, their opinions of each of the twins. And it was like resoundingly the whichever twin was chewing gum was more likable, like way more likable. They were cooler. They had like all these different attributes they were asking about. Mm -hmm. And so it just showed it was such Mm -hmm. a smart way to just show the act of chewing mm-hmm. gum and like how like relationship wise. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was very clear, like they were leaning in on relationships mm-hmm. and kind of like how gum, right. which is mm-hmm. so funny, right? You wouldn't think about yeah, that, but gum, how gum. Mm-hmm. it's gum. Mm-hmm. But what a smart way to use storytelling, right? And to right. Fi- create like these human mm-hmm. emotions around just a stick of gum. Mm-hmm. Right. Brilliant. Right. I think that was so smart. Right. You know, we've been talking about big companies, you know, like you said, billion dollar type of, of companies. Yep. And so for the, the person that's, you know, in their spare bedroom doing whatever it is that they're doing, mm-hmm. they're thinking, I have no idea how to do this. So let's, you know, can you give some tips for those people as to how to incorporate storytelling into their business? Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, the tips I gave are do apply to any size of a business, Mm -hmm. right? So I would Mm -hmm. say go through and have yourself do the Mm -hmm. exercise of the Fed method, FED. Mm -hmm. If you need help, I also have an online course that goes really detailed Mm -hmm. and it has a PowerPoint literally. And I walk you through Mm -hmm. and at the end of doing it, Mm -hmm. you can just create your own. It's called Brand Storytelling Mm -hmm. Blueprint. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but like walk through that, like Mm -hmm. dedicate some time Mm -hmm. Don't push it off Mm because you need the thinking time to just do it. But I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, it's going to give you so much more focus Mm -hmm. in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure you have a content calendar if you don't Mm -hmm. already. Um, And make sure you start plotting in different Mm -hmm. examples of like themes and things that you can talk about. But really at its most granular level, Deb, I would say ask yourself what the empathy filter is Mm -hmm. on any piece of content Mm -hmm. that you're doing. I mean, that's really, if you do that, you're going to already just be better than what Mm -hmm. you were because you're going to not just talk about you're not going to talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to ask yourself, why is this going to connect to my right. audience's parts or minds mm-hmm. and um, m- m- tweak it until it mm-hmm. does. Like right. that's tactically something mm-hmm. very um, simple that we can all mm-hmm. ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll that'll take you a, a long way. And then when you actually go into creating the content, then be thinking about, again, how do you include a real person mm-hmm. in the piece? Mm-hmm. So maybe the real person is you if you're right. the face of the brand. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're sharing mm-hmm. like an experience, something you re- that's mm-hmm. relatable, an empathy mm-hmm. filter idea, for example. Um, you're sharing something there. Or if it's a written piece, a quote from one of your customers mm-hmm. or one of your great employees mm-hmm. around the topic. But just include like people. I think that's a really easy way for brands to humanize themselves mm-hmm. is like to actually include like people into mm-hmm. their content. Right. You know, and and I love that you say it's okay to talk about yourself because I think sometimes we all think, well that's egotistical. I'm, you know, what I'm selling is not me. Now, you know, that comes back to the no like trust, especially if it's a very small business. Right. You know, if I trust that person, sometimes it doesn't matter what they're selling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm going to go, okay, fine. Um, I'll at least check it out. Right. But, you know, we want to hear those stories. And I think that's where the social media sites really do come in handy. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, you are an influencer. 
And they, of course, said, well, I'm not Kim Kardashian, right? You know, and, and but we all are influencers, whether mm-hmm. it's your family, right? You're a mom, um, you know, or, you know, the, the, the small group of people who buy from you, whether that's, you know, whatever size that is, you are helping to influence their decisions. So, you know, telling stories and especially about yourself. I mean, you know, I think some of the, the best stories are those where we show that we're human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that we just, you know, we, we really get to, you know, show that, you know, Hey, you know, I, I did this, you know, I, I started this because this happened to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, it's, it's just something that, that we always see coming out where we go, Oh yeah. You know, we can, we can see that. Yes. But, you know, I also can relate to the solopreneur. I'm a solopreneur. My business is, it's me mm-hmm. doing my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also can relate and understand, though, the feeling of not wanting to put yourself out there or mm-hmm. feeling like it's too vulnerable right. and it's a little mm-hmm. scary. Right. And I think my advice for that, if you're feeling like that, is I would just say, you don't have to share your deepest, darkest secrets right. mm-hmm. on the internet. It's really and you again probably about, shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would <laughs> I actually think there's some people, I mean, there's definitely some people who are sharing everything. Mm-hmm. And their audience is super connected with them. They right. love the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I look at that for me and like there's a line. Like I want to mm-hmm. protect like my kids right. and like from yeah. an online privacy. Yeah, you perspective might post and, about them, but you're not gonna post their names. Or, you know, you're not going to show them in detail, things like that. Parents, I think, you know, they have to be very You have to be smart, Mm -hmm. especially with my focus on child trafficking. I just Mm -hmm. know about how creepy some Mm -hmm. things on the internet can be, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, everyone's different. And so what Mm -hmm. I would say is it's not right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's whatever you're comfortable with. And so something that helped me, and so maybe this will help someone listening right now, is if you're kind of like, well, I don't really have any interesting stories or I don't have anything. Something that I do on my phone is I've downloaded this free app called Rev.com. Mm-hmm. And it's a transcription site. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it a lot. But whenever I'm out and about anywhere in the mm-hmm. house or out and an idea comes to me mm-hmm. or I've just gone through an experience. Like you're like stuck the grocery in the store. long grocery line. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I pick up my phone and there's a little record button and I just record my thing and I hit save. And I just keep it there. I don't even transcribe anything right away. Mm-hmm. So I just save, 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 save all mm-hmm. these thoughts, all these moments. Mm-hmm. Um so that later I will do like a mass download transcription. It doesn't take right. long because they're all short little things. Um, but then I have like this repository of suddenly I have this library of ideas that you can go to. And you're like, oh yeah, because generally what happens when I wasn't doing that, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh yeah, what was that thing the other day that I was thinking? I've mm-hmm. totally lost it and I've forgotten mm-hmm. it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, this has really squirrel. helped me, <laughs> right? It is. Mm-hmm. And so that's really helped me like start to realize, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I do have all these. I was bowling with the kids and I had this great thought and I was like, hold on, I got to like record this and I did. Mm-hmm. I told the kids before I went and did my mm-hmm. my throw. But that helps you actually just be more aware and start to stop right. and think, oh, okay, yeah, this is a thought. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if I'll use it, but I'm going to record it right now right. just so I have it saved. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, we it, it's funny and and you know, on on influencers, I mean, I look at some of those folks, especially the very high level <clears throat> paid influencers. Anybody who thinks that they talk about that stuff for free, no, they don't. They are paid to do it. Um, but I can't associate with them. I mean, you know, when they're talking about the fact that they use whatever cosmetic, I'm like, no, you make a bazillion dollars a year. You do not go to the local Walgreens and buy your, you know, your your beauty product. And but if it's, you know, somebody that I truly know, or at least 
feel like I'm similar to. Mm-hmm. When they talk about it, then you can understand. I mean, it, the, it, you know, moms. I mean, that's that's another great example. You know, the 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 celebrity mom who has a cook and nannies and all of those things. When she talks about being overwhelmed, you're like, yeah, right, whatever. Mm-hmm. When somebody who could be your neighbor talks about it, then you pay attention. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I've done a lot of influencer marketing work um, in my career. And that's one of the big things. And I've, I've done several episodes on my mm-hmm. Marketing with Empathy podcast about this too, is there's a lot of different types of influencers. A right. lot of people go mm-hmm. to thinking about social and the big mm-hmm. names and things. But anyone who influ- can influence someone else's decision mm-hmm. is an influencer. So I 100% agree with you, Deb, that mm-hmm. we are all influencers mm-hmm. because different people trust us or come to mm-hmm. us for different things. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different types of influence. Your employee base can be great influencers. Right. Um, your customers are amazing mm-hmm. influencers. Um, and I've worked with big, big mil- million dollar names mm-hmm. too. And I'm actually kind of over it too, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I love working with the more relatable stories. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we've come on social that I've seen this, you know, this wave over the last 20 years of being in this world is I feel like in the beginning, Social was like what it was. Mm-hmm. It was super raw and like people mm-hmm. talking back and forth. Right. And then it got into where like everything needed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then it went through like, well, it's not perfect, but it's kind of, it's relatable, which is where mm-hmm. I think we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Like you want it to be good quality, right. like audio, visually, mm-hmm. things like that. So people mm-hmm. can hear and see it well, but people are really appreciating mm-hmm not perfectionism mm-hmm. right now. And I think because it shows you're human or like mm-hmm. as a brand, like right. yeah, you don't have to be mm-hmm. you still want it to be good quality, but like you don't have to be perfect. And so as like a small business owner myself, like I have to fight that even myself mm-hmm. because I'm so used to working for these billion dollar brands right. and my corporate clients mm-hmm. that I like try to make all my stuff appear like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what, there's different levels mm-hmm. of of quality, of course, and what you have access to. But the biggest thing is showing up and mm-hmm. just sharing because that's right. what people are going to connect to you mm-hmm. or your people and your employees mm-hmm. in some way. Like there, there needs to be that connection. But I agree mm-hmm. with you on the influencer piece, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have influence. Mm-hmm. And so as companies, um, there's you have to be smart about who you're picking mm-hmm. to partner with. And my right. big just takeaway there would be mm-hmm. don't think about influencers only as social. Right. There's a lot of their types of influencers. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just, as, as we're recording this, we just saw a big example where a major shoe company just fired <laughs> its spokesperson because of things that that he was saying online. Um, yeah. you know, and 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 of course that is tricky whenever you and, and you know, I don't care if you're hiring them as an influencer or just an employee. Mm-hmm. People do things, you know, and, totally. and so you have to to but when you have put them out there as the face of your brand, your company, mm-hmm. all of those things, you really have to watch what's going out there. And some people like that edgy. I mean, you know, let's be honest, you know, one of the other shoe companies really liked the football player that knelt, right? Mm, because yeah. they like that edgy type of, of brand. Totally. Yeah. Um, did they lose some customers? Yes. Did they gain some? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so, yeah, hi, you know, when when Nike, was it Nike? Yeah, Nike yeah. hired uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, they knew they were going to get some blowback, but they also knew that that's part of them is that edge. So totally. that's okay. But they knew what they were getting into. Um, you well, know, that's and, the and, thing. They were focused, right? right. Like they knew mm-hmm. their storytelling mm-hmm. pillars. They knew yeah. what lane mm-hmm. they wanted to talk yeah, in. They had done all that research and mm-hmm. they knew that he was going to appeal to the people who were buying their shoes. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, same thing with if it's, you know, your small business, whatever, and your CEO, your CMO, whoever is the face of that brand. 
you know, what is it that they're putting out there? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and nobody's going to be squeaky clean. You know, let's, let's be mm-hmm. honest. You know, we all every once in a while do something that we don't want the whole world to know about, but you just have to, to be aware of those things. And, and, and sometimes it plays into the story. I mean, right. Yeah. Elon Musk is probably one of the ones that, you know, he's, he's as eccentric as they come, but that is part of his story. That's him. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that I've also learned over the last 20 years is like, you are never going to make everyone in your audience right. happy. Mm-hmm. And I've been in some pretty big crisis situations mm-hmm. with things on social for very large brands where something was said from a partner mm-hmm. and it creates this whole flurry of negative comments like, you need to stop advertising with them or we're going to boycott you. And then you have other people who are like, you better not stop because if you do, we're going to be upset because we love right. him. Yeah, because we supported that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here the thing is that I just realized you're like, it drives you mental like when you're going through it. But you can't be knee jerk as a company. Right. You have to stay mm-hmm. true to like, what mm-hmm. do you believe in? Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, But that's how you're going to attract the right people right. who want to work from you or mm-hmm. buy from you or volunteer right. with you. Like right. if you're a service organization. Mm-hmm. So that's just my biggest thing. I think we all have to just be okay that not everyone's going to be mm-hmm. the not same. everyone not is our perfect be, client. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And yeah. that's okay because you mm-hmm. just want to say you want to be able to say yes to the mm-hmm. people that you want to work with right. and not have to just be driving mm-hmm. yourself nuts with the people right. that yeah. oh, you're working yeah, with. Yeah, the, them, the you what ifs <laughs> are, you know, and, and it really is, you know, you are thinking, well, what if this, what if that? Yeah. And you know, let's be honest. I've I've also dealt with crisis situations and things like that and quite frequently one of the things that I said was wait. Mm, Don't do anything. Just wait because things go thing other things happen and and you know, we all know we have the attention span of gnats. And so mm-hmm. we go on to the next thing. Um you know, I was was working with a, a university one time that had some issues that were going on. They wanted to address it and I said, "Let's just wait." And like two days later, a major tsunami hit. Now, this was obviously horrible and very tragic. Yeah. And that's where all of the focus went. <laughs> you know? And we were like, really? um, you know, you certainly didn't want something like, like a tsunami to happen. But yeah, you know, other things come up. I, you know, we, you know, and, and some of the things you're like, oh, that's still happening. I don't, hmm. um, you know, and, and so, yeah, frequently the best course of action is do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the scenario, of course. But right. oh, yeah. definitely you're right. Sometimes you don't just have to just be so pressured mm-hmm. to react that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So well, oh my gosh. Uh, Sarah, this has been absolutely fascinating. And you know, it's it's been so much fun. We have to have you on again because I think this is it's a great topic. So we will do that. But tell us how people find you and connect with you and what are the services that you provide. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you can connect with me. Um, find me on my website, kindredspeak.com. And what I do, there's two ways to work with me. One is kind of I can do the work for you or I can teach you how to do it yourself. So agency services around brand storytelling strategy, you can kind of think of me like a rental editor-in-chief. Right. Um, for your organization. So I can help with like strategy and planning or like actually managing content mm-hmm. partnerships. Um brainstorming content ideas, things like that. Or I have two online courses. I have Brand Storytelling Blueprint, which goes into the Fed method and gives mm-hmm. you that. It's a little mini course, super attainable, easy for people mm-hmm. to do quickly. And then I have a three-month group training program yeah. where um, multiple people from a company or you can join in with other folks from mm-hmm. other companies where I do a group training program in my 
brand storytelling academy mm-hmm. program to help people really think like that editorial director and, and learn from like soup to nuts mm-hmm. and just up level their professional mm-hmm. skills. Cause that's one of the big things I felt when I worked internally, but then also I hear all the time, which is as people are moving around a lot of marketing roles right now is they want to make sure that they're um, advancing their own skill set um, to whether it's for their current company or if they want to have, you know, jump ship mm-hmm. and go to someplace mm-hmm. new. So I have that as well. And then um, definitely would love it if people have enjoyed hearing this topic on brand storytelling. You can hop over to my podcast. It's um, called Marketing with Empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed up for the Facebook group. Thank you. Well, yes, I have a free Thank you. Okay, I will do that today. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I have a free Facebook listener community for Marketing with Empathy. You can just search on Facebook for Mar- Marketing with Empathy listener community. Mm-hmm. Um, hop over there with just like other like-minded like content mm-hmm. marketing strategists and storytellers. Um, so I just wanted to create a community where people, my listeners could also then connect right. with each mm-hmm. other. So it's a brand new community um, just getting started. So we'd love to have um, folks over there too. Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, like I said, this has been absolutely fascinating and and we have to do it again because I think we forget that the easiest way to connect with people is through stories. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're coming up with these grandiose marketing plans and and I'm a marketing person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, who's our target market? What's our demos? What's our budget? You know, am I going to be on TikTok? And we forget that if we don't connect with them on basic human levels, it's not going to matter what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way is through storytelling. So, you know, I think we definitely have to, to talk about this again. Um, but until then, do you have any final thoughts for everybody? Yeah, I would just say too, I have a, a freebie for folks that I go even deeper into this topic and some others. So you can um, get that on my website at kindredspeak.com slash favorites. And it's called Three Ways to Improve Your Content Strategy This Year. So I go, um, I talk about how to humanize your brand, what, Deb, what we talked about today, but then I also get into how to repurpose your content so you work smarter, not harder big fan of that one. And then also how you kind of create this team of content allies to help you grow your budgets and your performance and your results and and using um, a lot of the tactics and things that I've just learned over the last 20 years, growing um, storytelling into to leading ROI generators for, for companies. So I that'd be the, the last leave. And so I love it. If people are interested, they can sign up for that too. I love it. You know, and, and also I want to mention, you know, go to, to the website, kindredspeak.com. There is a link there for rescue, you know, how you can help with child trafficking. Um, you know, so even if this isn't anything that you're thinking, hey, I want to do, that's still a great thing to check out. Um, and again, it's, you know, it's, it's a great example of how companies can humanize themselves and how people can connect with you. Um, but obviously, very, very important information. And so I, I encourage everybody to go there too. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Definitely. The link to that is um, if we if you are interested and you want to donate, it's the link where you could donate directly and even $5, 20 bucks. Right. Like mm-hmm. we can just pool all the $5 from a bunch of people adds up. Adds up. Exactly. So like it, it's just a way to kind of pull it all together and 100% of it goes right mm-hmm. to IJM. So thanks for mentioning that. Perfect. I love it. Well, as I said, we will have you on again. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely delightful conversation with Sarah Panous of Kindred Speak. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.